Welcome to Red Bell Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. In many churches, the book of Malachi is best known for one theme. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And that theme is found in Malachi 3, which deals with robbing Elohim, bringing tithes and offerings into the storehouse, and proving that he will bless you. I'm sure you have read these scriptures too, but have you read what Malachi is mostly about? In today's podcast, we'd like to share with you the message of Malachi. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, find us at our new website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, and probably a few others in there too. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a special shout out to our friends in California and Georgia. Amen. So we mentioned in our last podcast that we celebrated Sukkot with Lion and Lamb Ministries in Chandler, Oklahoma. We met a lot of really awesome believers, and we actually recorded some great podcast episodes, which we will release in the near future. On the way to Oklahoma, I read the book of Malachi. Growing up in church, I grew up uh, used to hearing the verses about bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Somehow, I don't remember hearing much else from the book of Malachi. Like every other book in the Tanakh or Old Testament, Malachi is full of meaning beyond the parts we know. I admit that Malachi was not a book that I recall reading in its entirety, even though it's only four chapters long. What I do remember reading seemed to be directed at Israel, a people that at that time I really didn't feel any connection to. Now that I know that I am grafted into spiritual Israel through Yeshua and am responsible for my part in keeping covenant with Jehovah, I see that our Elohim was not just talking to the Israelites, but to us too, if the shoe fits. Now, check out episodes 23 to 26 for discussions on keeping covenant with our Creator. Since Malachi is such a short book, let's take a walk through the entire book and get an idea of what it's saying. In the first five verses of chapter 1, it looks like Jehovah's love for Israel is being questioned by Israel. Elohim reminds them that he chose Jacob, also known as Israel, over his twin brother Esau. Elohim made that choice for his own reasons, not because one twin was better than the other twin. Edom, the descendants of Esau, may work to prosper, but they won't succeed because they are at odds with Elohim. In verses 6 through 8, Jehovah states that sons know how to honor their fathers, and a servant knows how to honor their master. But his people, the people that he delivered out of slavery with a mighty hand and chose over all other peoples of the earth, these people show him no respect or honor. They offer their Heavenly Father things that they would never offer a human dignitary, and they treat his altar like something hateful. In verses 9 through 14, we learn that these priests' offerings are not acceptable to Yehovah because they serve him with contempt. Now think about it. Do we complain about serving Yehovah? Do we keep what is acceptable to him and offer something less than our best? In chapter 1, verse 11, Yehovah says that all day long his name will be great among the Gentiles 
and his offerings will be great among the heathen. Now that was probably a huge slap in the face to the priests who received that message. I bet it was. Mm -hmm. I can imagine how I would feel if my mom told me that the neighbor's kid from down the street was more respectful to her than I. I would hope, if that were the case, that I would change my behavior so that she would have a better impression of me. And I'm guessing that this is what Jehovah wanted Israel to do. A time was coming when the Gentiles would honor him more than the priests would, and that they needed to repent and start showing him the honor and respect that they once did. In chapter 2, the priests are threatened with curses. Even their blessings would be cursed. The tribe of Levi was blessed with a special covenant of life and peace because they respected Jehovah's name and reputation. They managed their conversation appropriately. They walked in integrity and taught others to do the same. The priests should be teachers of the Torah as messengers of Jehovah. In contrast, these priests caused people to stumble at the Torah. Verse 9 tells us that because they disobeyed Jehovah's instructions in front of the people, he would make them hated by the people. Malachi 10-17 through 17 continues by telling Israel that they have corrupted the covenant of Moshe, and in particular by being unequally yoked, like, you know, marrying women who worshipped other gods, by not honoring the covenant with the wives of their youth, by not producing godly seed, by calling evil good, we hear that now, mm -hmm. and insinuating that Jehovah would not hear the victim's cry or judge the wicked. Chapter 3 introduces the coming of the Lord, whom we know to be Yeshua. His messenger to prepare the way before him was Yochanan the Immerser, or John the Baptist. I notice that Yeshua is referred to here as the messenger of the covenant. This is another of many scriptures that underscore Yeshua's mission being perfectly in line with the covenant of Moshe. Remember, Yeshua said that he did not come to destroy the law, but to fill it full of meaning. Mm -hmm. Check out episode 48 titled, Is Christ the End of the Law? For more information, verses 2 and 3 note that Yeshua will purify the priesthood himself. As kings and priests of the Most High, we believers must also respect the righteous judgment of Messiah Yeshua. Amen. Verse 4 continues that once Messiah Yeshua judges the wicked, including the adulterers, liars, and sorcerers, Jehovah will be pleased with Judah and Jerusalem again, as in the days of old. Verse 6 finishes with a scripture that I like to memorize. It reads, for I am Jehovah, I change not. That's why ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. In verse 7, Elohim says that the rebellion against his ways has gone on for a long time. He urges repentance, but in the language of the west side of town, the priests simply played dumb. They asked, in what way should we return to you? Elohim's answer sets up the scripture in Malachi that I'm most familiar with. Starting at verse 8, it reads, Will a mere mortal rob Elohim? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, 
that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says Jehovah Sivaot, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, consider all that we've covered before we got to this point in the book of Malachi. Mm -hmm. No wonder so many give money on the regular and don't see the blessings promised by Jehovah. Have we cleaned up the issues raised earlier in Malachi? Have we thought or said that serving Jehovah is not profitable or not worth it? Have we concluded that the wicked prosper and are delivered from trouble, but the righteous are not cared for by Jehovah? Heaven forbid. Verse 16 through 18 tells us that they that fear Jehovah encourage each other in his word. Jehovah heard it and noted it in his book of remembrance. He calls them his jewels and those who will judge the righteous and wicked. This passage is a good reminder that our Elohim hears and notes what we say. So we should be mindful of how and what we think, speak, and do. The day of the Lord is coming, and it will be a fearsome day for the unbelieving, but it will be a great day of blessing for the faithful. That being said, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs are out of line with God's instruction? Would you take the blue pill and live as if Yeshua, the messenger of the covenant, came to replace the terms set by his father? Or would you take the red pill and walk upright before Elohim? in the way he defines walking upright. Now, only you can answer that question. Chapter 4 tells us that the day of Jehovah is coming where all who do wickedly will be burnt to stubble, but those who respect, honor, and obey Jehovah shall help Yeshua beat down the wicked. Although it is often misinterpreted that Moshe's law was nailed to the cross, verse 4 of Malachi chapter 4 reminds us to remember the laws of Moshe, my servant, which I command you, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with all the statutes and judgments. Now, listeners, please note it said for all of Israel. That's us, too. And it's also said that it included all the commandments, statutes and judgments. Nothing was changed. Nothing done away with. Nothing altered and definitely not nailed to the cross. Amen, Mama. The word translated as law in verse 4 is Torah. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that Torah does not mean law. It means instructions or teachings. These priests to whom Malachi wrote this message were being told to return to God's instructions. Does that sound familiar to you? Here at Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions is at the heart of our mission. The last two verses in Malachi speak to a part of my personal mission, fatherhood. The prophecy says that Eliyah, or Elijah, will come before the day of the Lord. Eliyah's name means my Elohim is Yah. So he's definitely the right man for the job. Mm -hmm. He will reconnect the fathers and their children, averting a curse on the whole earth. Fatherlessness is at the root of so many problems today, whether it's a broken relationship with one's earthly father or living outside of the covenant with our heavenly father. Everyone needs a daddy. Fortunately, 
No one has to live without one. Amen, Daddy. Jehovah's arms are wide open and his covenant is available to everyone. There is a lot in the book of Malachi before you ever get to tithes and offering. First, we learn that the hearts of the priests were not in the right place. There was no respect for Jehovah and they didn't honor him with what he required, but he loved them enough to warn them and call them back to himself. Mm-hmm. Two, we need to study his word and be sure we are honoring and loving our mighty one the way he requires. Three, we also found that the Torah is not abolished. If we think we read a scripture that says that, it's obviously a misinterpretation. Four, we must encourage each other in Jehovah, even when others are saying negative things. We do that by staying in, studying, and believing his word. Five, the messenger of the covenant has come and is coming again. Mm -hmm. When he comes, disobedience will be judged. So let's get right, stay right, and help others to get right while the getting's good. I'm sure you probably found other lessons in Malachi, but that's it for this this podcast. That was great, Mama. Well, please listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures. Check out the other episodes we mentioned and discuss them with your family and friends. Most of all, stay faithful and obedient to the one true Elohim, Yehovah. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you you can can handle handle the the truth. truth.